Time to go home. You could have killed him, couldn't you? Right. Well, why didn't you then? Because, Nagasan, a person with no forgiveness in heart, living even worse punishment than death. Welcome to Karate Kid 3 Minutes, a podcast where we discuss the Karate Kid Part 3, three rundown minutes at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Matt. I'm Mel. I came back. Hey, you're back. (laughs) Today we're talking about minutes three through six of the Karate Kid Part 3. They begin with Kreese breaking Johnny's trophy. Have I seen this before? Uh, And uh, end with Kreese crumbling a newspaper article. Because He's angry at the fake news. (laughs) (laughs) We pick up as the flashbacks go from Karate Kid Part 1 into Karate Kid Part 2. Oh, we should probably remember what Karate Kid Part 2... I have five more trivia questions here for you guys. Oh, jeez. Karate (laughs) Karate Kid 2 doesn't even play into this. (laughs) Some of it does. (laughs) Very, very little. (laughs) Basically, the opening flashback. But... Uh, for our podcast uh, and our reputation, you need to remember all these uh, all these other facts. I'm going to start with number one. Here we go. How many days does Sato give Miyagi to mourn his father's death? Oh, geez. Isn't it something like three, two, oh, one? We're gonna need, oh, boy. We're going to need a, a final answer from you. You need to lock it in. The audience is screaming right now. Everybody knows this. They one, don't you guys. know. They either. don't know it. Everybody knows this. You're the only one that knows, Robin. <laughs> I say, just two. say, say each of these numbers like Sato and see whatever feels. Feel like two days. I feel like three days is like a a good rounded number. It's like the three, three day, days, the three day morning period, but it's probably <laughs> one day. You have one day. One. <laughs> I don't know. Uh. Okay. Uh. What's your final answer, though? Really? Because <laughs> we, we have to make uh, this legal. Uh, um, two. two. Three. Which <laughs> is it? Do I need to have you say these numbers as Sato again? <laughs> Let me look it up, Robin. Two, days. two or three or one. What is it? Three days. I'm three? Two days. Two days. Two days. Wrong. It's oh. three. Oh. No. I'm sorry, Mel. I, I was right. You were right. Uh, well, Mel... Only Matt has to uh, re-podcast about the entirety of Karate Kid Part 2. So, <laughs> folks, we're going to be back on, well, no, we're going to skip Friday. No. We'll start again on Monday. No, uh, Karate it? Kid Part 2, minute by minute. By, I think we should do it minute by minute. That way we. Oh, <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> All right. You got one out of five wrong. So zero oh. for five so far. Oh. Number two. Come on. What song is the love theme for Daniel and Kumiko? Uh, it is the glory of love. Glory of love is correct yeah. by the great Peter Cetera. Number three. Oh, gosh, it's another number question. How many pieces of ice does Daniel break through? Now? Oof. Daniel always good at breaking the ice. <laughs> the well, ice I, but I don't know. Uh, seven? It's probably five, seven. Seven. Six. Mm. Six. Hmm. Do you have to say these numbers as Sato in order to see if uh... six pieces of ice? Um, is that your is that your final? No. What do you say? Final answer. No. I say six. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take that as a final answer. Is correct. Yay. Six. Six. <laughs> uh, number four. 
what does Kumiko have a collection of, according to Chosen? Mel? Uh, kimonos? I don't know. Uh, his shirts. His shirts is correct. You keep for your collection. <laughs> okay. And last question. Uh, technically a Cobra Kai question, but number five is, what was the name of the little girl that Daniel saved during the storm? Matt knows. Oh, God. Don't you? I don't know if I know. Did not have a name, actually, in the movie. It, she got her name in Cobra Kai. Yeah, I don't remember. Hmm. So that would mean you'd get three out of five right. Are you oh. sure you want to carry that on your conscience for the rest of the week? Uh, I mean, I... I don't, if I don't know it, I don't know it. All right. The answer is Yuna. Right. You needed to know that. (laughs) (laughs) Three out of five, right? I guess you got, quote unquote, the majority of the questions correct. So we will just proceed on covering Karate Kid 3, I guess. But I think... Honestly, you're going to have to work on winning the audience back the rest of this season. Um, I don't mean tell, that, tell I, us I, honestly how many of those did everybody know? Everybody knew all five. I just, <laughs> I'm getting a notice right up. Oh, this is a telegram just came across my desk. Everybody but you got it right. Oh, <laughs> sure, sure. I believe you. <laughs> all right, so let's get into the flashbacks now. The only flashback that Karate Kid Part 3 is concerned about when it happens uh, to, in Karate Kid Part 2 is what happens uh, stateside. After the All-Valley Tournament, we got Kreese bullying Johnny, and as William Zabka puts it in a recent interview with Mark Marin, he gets choked out of the franchise. Marin <laughs> 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 um, actually asked Zabka why he wasn't in uh, Part Three, um, he says he would have been happy to be in it and even got called in for a meeting with John Avildsen. So it almost happened. But in the end, it didn't. He says in an interview, quote, I was fine. I'm happy with one. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But he would have done it. He would he would have shown up. What was it? What would his role have been? I wonder. Hmm. Oh, boy. I've got some good facts for you today, Matt. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'm going to put a. Dot, 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 like a little ellipsis on the end of that. Um, Okay, Uh, but yeah, the point of showing so much of this scene is to show, obviously, Kreese's, how how Kreese's arrogance kind of brings him low and his, like, utter humiliation at the hands of uh, our Sensei Miyagi. So just to kind of remember why Kreese hates Miyagi and Daniel so much. Um, So uh, we see... Robert Mark Kamen's credit during the flashback. And I was reminded how uh, Kamen had initially turned down part three because the studio was not interested in his idea. Um, so if you remember our coverage of part two, uh, they had a choice between doing Kreese's revenge story or go on this personal journey to Okinawa. So they chose Okinawa and decided to hold off on Kreese's revenge until part three. Mm-hmm. But by the time part two wrapped, Cayman had a new idea, quote, 
I wanted to have them flash back to 16th century China and do a historical flying people movie. I wanted to do a Hong Kong Kung Fu movie. I grew up on these Kung Fu movies in the 70s in Chinatown, New York. I predated all this stuff by 15 years by the time they got around to doing The Matrix and Crouching Tiger. I wanted to do that in 1986. Um, and this is kind of like paraphrasing some of his quotes I found. <laughs> As Mr. Miyagi tells Daniel in the first movie, he said the first Miyagi was a fisherman. He got drunk, he fell asleep, and his boat drifted to China, and he spent 10 years there and learned karate. And when he came back, he knew karate. I was going to tell the saga in reverse. It all happens when Daniel gets hit on the head and has a dream, and he's in a coma or something. And then Daniel and Mr. Miyagi are in a boat, and they see a boat in the mist. It docks, and Mr. Miyagi and Daniel follow the first Miyagi ancestor into China, and they mm -hmm. get involved in this thing. And it's like, I've, I've also heard him like, <clears throat> uh, this is me talking. I've also heard him uh, tell the story about how Daniel would be replaced uh, in this movie by a girl. What? Is this like turtles in time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, interesting that they were thinking about replacing, uh, at least Cayman was thinking, ah, get rid of Daniel LaRusso. Let's bring a girl in, you know, in part three. Um, and also that Crease uh, would play a pirate. And Pat Morita would play the, uh, sorry, Martin Cove would play a pirate. Pat Morita would play uh, the Miyagi ancestor. And it'd be kind of like uh, Back to the Future part two and three. Yeah. Uh, the actors are all playing earlier versions of themselves. Um, he says, quote, it would have been really cool, but nobody wanted to do it. They didn't want to mess with the franchise. And I felt very strongly that they're doing the same story all over again. And it was effing boring. <laughs> So I didn't do it, and they hired somebody else to do a draft. So, yes, there was a time when they were doing Karate Kid Part 3 without Robert Mark Kamen. Um, so the person that they hired, his name was Alan Ormsby. Um, and Alan's uh, – sorry? I just said Wormsby. No, Ormsby. Orms, Ormsby. 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 Not much. Ormsby. Better. Is he like a Jetsons character? No, yeah. Ormsby. <laughs> <laughs> or a Harry Potter character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Alan's uh, writing credits at the time were for movies like My Bodyguard, uh, Cat People, and Porky's 2. Mm. Um, some fun facts about Alan. Uh, he wrote the 1979 kids movie The Little Dragons, which had Pat Johnson as a karate instructor. I'm not sure if there was a connection there, and that's the reason why they tapped him to try out writing Karate Kid Part 3. Um, Alan also went on to write, uh, not quite human. Did you guys ever see that movie as a kid? No, nope. I don't think so. It was a Disney channel movie. No, no recollection. Uh, it co-starred, uh, Robin Lively who plays Jessica in this movie. Uh, so he did end up working with her in the future. Um, so according to Cayman, you know, I, I haven't quite tracked down anything with Ormsby if there is any interviews about this. But according to Cayman, the studio didn't accept Ormsby's uh, script because he couldn't write Daniel or Miyagi. Like, uh, just couldn't get their voices down. <laughs> uh, now, listener to the show, Anne, I want to give her a huge shout out because she not only uh, sent me this screenplay, but also uh, has been sending me some great trivia. And I'm going to try to credit her as much as possible when I reference anything that I that uh, that I used that she sent me, but uh big shout out to Anne. Thank you, Anne. Um, 
so she did send me the screenplay and I got to, I got to figure out how to go over this thing still on this podcast. Like, like in the earlier drafts that we've gone over, it was great because it was the same story and we could kind of compare and contrast. Like, how do they do this scene here? How do they do this? It, like, I haven't read the, this whole draft yet, but it's looks like a completely different story. <laughs> and uh, I also hear Johnny is in it too, which might explain why Avildsen met with Billy Zapka. Uh, so I'm really looking oh, forward to pouring through that. I'm really curious as to how they were going <laughs> to use him and if he would turn to the light side. Yeah, uh, I again, I haven't. Re- it's it's a little over a hundred pages long, so I'm like, I got to sit down and like read this thing. But I've just been so busy. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm, either we're gonna do it. I think either we're gonna do like a, a special episode to cover it, or I don't know, maybe a script read of some sort. That'd be a lot of fun. A lot of podcasts do that. <laughs> uh, ooh, Mel seems down. Uh, <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, we'll 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 discuss that off mic and uh, 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 folks who are listening, uh, stay tuned because I'm excited uh, to see what the heck other kind of movie this was and maybe why it got turned down. Somebody must have done like a dramatic reading of this script. Mm. Uh, no, nobody will ever do it uh, before us. Uh, <laughs> so. I call me. Uh, <laughs> Nice. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So that script was turned down. Uh, and uh, then the uh, the studio actually got a new president. Her name was uh, Dawn Steele. And Dawn was the first female president of a movie studio. And, uh, and unfortunately, she only lasted like two years before the Coca-Cola shareholders of Columbia Pictures asked her to resign and then just sold it to Sony. Oh, um, Coca-Cola shareholders. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean that's the reason why we had a little we had to have a little minute made and uh in the first one. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um by the way, if Coke wants to send us any money, I am drinking a Coca-Cola with coffee, uh a, a caramel flavor. Was that the same? Was that the same like was that related to like Joan Crawford's husband who was like a Coke executive? What? Did you ever hear about that? She was like married to like a Coke executive or something, no. or maybe it was Pepsi. But anyways, it was like one of those and it all like influenced a lot of like movies, movie stuff like back in that, like while she was married to him. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of movies were influenced by their corporate overlords. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know specifically about that one, um, but that's homework for our listeners. So let Mel know. Okay. Well, that's uh, homework for me. I can come back maybe next week with some information. I'll make the listeners work. <laughs> no, why? They're lazy. That's why they're listening to us. No, 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 no. I, what? You don't want I me know, to call our it, listeners lazy? Um, you're, you're, I, I'm just saying, if there's anything that listeners like, it's homework. <laughs> it's being able to call back and be like, well, actually, guys, you got this wrong. Uh, and and be able to, to tell us, you know, kindly, you know. Okay. I don't know, whatever. All right. Before all this, before Don uh, was fired, uh, Don Steele, uh, her good friend was Robert Mark Hammond. Uh, he said that she was like a really good friend to him and called him up and said, like, listen, how much is it going to take for you to just to do what you want to do? And he says, I was very flippant and I threw a number out and she said, OK, I didn't really want to do that one, but I ended up doing it. 
because first of all, they appealed to me. They said, what do you want? Somebody to F up Mr. Miyagi because we're going to make the film. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'll do it. Wow. So here you go. Uh, <laughs> Robert Mark Kamen. I, and also, uh, I also read that there was a writer strike around this time that kind of held things up. And then Kamen had to do like several rewrites of the script leading up to production and even during production. He was rewriting scenes. Um, and unfortunately, by the time the ball was rolling on Karate Kid Part 3, uh, what they originally planned for, which they put off for Part 2 to do the Okinawa thing, Kreese's Revenge, uh, it couldn't work out because Martin Cove was now committed to a primetime TV show oh. uh, that we're going to talk about on Friday uh, that I'll tell you about. Mm. So he couldn't he had to do a special appearance <laughs> wow. rather than being uh, and Martin Cove. So in my opinion, th this movie was kind of doomed from the start. Like you have a writer and a director who are apprehensive about it, mm -hmm. uh, a much needed character for the main plot of the story. You can't commit to filming the whole movie. And not to mention the lead who always talks about this movie with a bad taste in his mouth. <laughs> and he's rapidly aging out of the part. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And oh, we also see the credit for Steve Iaconelli as director of photography. He took over for uh, terminally ill uh, James Crave uh, or Crabe, who made the last two movies. And, you know, if you remember, I mean, there's just some memorable uh, shots in that movie. It's beautiful, two beautiful movies, I think. And like Steve, who I'm sure is a nice guy, I'm not going to say anything disparagingly about somebody I don't know. But he was only like a DP for like TV movies before this. And I think that's exactly what this movie looks like. <laughs> really? There's a, a, there's a, there's one or two shots in here that uh, like really stand out. Like I always okay. remember them. They're, uh, I think they're helicopter shots, but mm -hmm. so maybe he wasn't involved in those. I don't know, but. I'm sure he must have been involved in overseeing it at the very least. Yeah, like the the shots of them like on the mountains and it just like starts yeah. right tight on them and then it zooms out and out and out and out and like it's so epic. That, yeah, those are good. I was I you know honestly I was gonna say like there's not anything that compares, but I mean I know that that definitely compares. Mm. But I don't know I, like as a whole though I just I don't know and and so yeah. Uh, just want to give a quick shout out James Gervais, who was uh, who I found out was one of the first openly gay cinematographers in Hollywood. Wow. He died, died from complications uh, due to the AIDS virus in 89 at yeah. age 57. Uh, and this movie is actually dedicated to his memory. Wow. So, yeah. Lots of fun facts around the flashbacks. And now I can't believe it. But the actual movie starts four and a half minutes in <laughs> and we can actually <laughs> We can actually uh, uh, start talking about Karate Kid Part 3. Right. <laughs> so I like how the flashbacks end with uh, Miyagi's line from Part 2 kind of playing over Kreese, like a rundown Kreese just walking to the dojo. Um, For the person with no forgiveness in heart, living is even worse punishment than death, which is just great. Like, um, so it just, we, we can see how, I mean, wh what are you thinking? Is Kreese tired? beaten down and depressed or half drunk or sobering uh, up both? <laughs> <laughs> all <laughs> I think all of that. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't look like he's having a good time. You find out later it's been, well, I guess 
nine spoilers months. for next time, but nine yeah. months. Nine months since he had a student. Yeah. And uh, not even that little kid that's just kind of like eyeing Crease as he's unlocking the dojo. I don't think he's even interested in, in joining. But <laughs> he's he's there to keep an eye on the, on the dojo, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also that guy that's just kind of like laying in the middle of the sidewalk while people shuffle around him. Uh, and, you know, it, it, maybe it's Abelson wanting to kind of, you know, throw a little bit of reality into like, this is L.A., you know, the homeless, um, the homeless situation is not good. Um, yeah. And maybe Crease is kind of looking at him like, oh, man, this is that's going to be me, you know, if I don't figure out something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's cool that they got the same location. This is Lancashire Boulevard, and this is the same Cobra Kai dojo from part one. Still uh, nothing being done with that that space. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not at this time, I don't think. <laughs> um, but yeah, now we have him going inside. Uh, the place looks like it's been closed a while. There's bills piled up, which I love that Chris just kind of picks them up. He's got a trash can right there that he's like, <laughs> and that's where the bills go. <laughs> <laughs> it should set the set the can right up underneath the mail slot. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> um. We see Crease's trophies and a little bugle plays when Crease straightens his army photo. <laughs> he loves that photo. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta get the, the, uh, the story behind that photo sometime. Get a flashback. Oh yeah. Use some ILM, uh, Luke Skywalker, um, de aging technology and uh, mm. and uh, make the scene where that photo gets snapped. I I think we should get. Uh, and then we find out it's just in a Sears. Yo, I rewatched some Cobra Kai crease flashbacks on YouTube uh, to prepare for uh, today's minutes. And uh, I think it would be very cool if uh, they did a little flashback of Barnett Carnahan, who plays young crease, uh, posing for the photo and the picture gets taken. And then it, 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 you see the picture is Martin Cove. <laughs> You're like, how? OK, whatever. What the? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the. Uh, Interestingly enough, Avildsen takes time to zoom in on the caption to show that he was a captain in the army and was the karate champion from 1970 to 1972. And uh, I don't know if that's a way of Avildsen being like, see, he was somebody. See, this is like, see how far he's fallen. I, I, I don't know why that is, but um, the flashbacks from Cobra Kai I rewatched, um, I wanted to make, watch them mainly for the years. Uh, so the scene where Kreese first meets his captain that he ends up fighting over the snake pit is in Vietnam in 1968. Okay. Um, and then in the, the year that they show when he's a prisoner of war, uh, is 69. So it looks like Kreese kind of stayed in Vietnam after, um, all that happened and then apparently became a karate champ while serving. <laughs> yeah i guess so did, did they do karate tournaments during that conflict <laughs> I, I have no idea <laughs> they could have I, I, yeah. you know maybe there's some certain even practices. though it was clearly called tang sudo when uh <laughs> when uh we saw the flashback for the first time oh that's right yeah maybe somebody was like well we got to give them this honor what what is he in uh tang sudo tang sudo i don't know i can't pronounce it uh, karate, karate, that looks good. <laughs> Probably. 
What year was the flashback where they're getting their tattoos? Oh, geez. Um, I did not see that. Oh, that would have been even better to see. Cause that wasn't part of that YouTube. Com- I totally forgot that. I need to look that up. Um, not now, but I will. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, they seem right. to be back in the States when they got their tattoos. Yeah. That would be after he became champion, you'd think. Oh, boy. I, you know, these, the, the big three, the big three, the guys are the executive producers of Cobra Kai for folks who are not in the know. Um, they are such huge fans of this franchise that I can't imagine them getting like a year mix, mixed up or just not even showing the year during the tattoo to leave it. I don't know. People who are listening already paused the podcast and already checked their Netflix and know the answer. So we'll find out the answer eventually. <laughs> but all right. So. Kreese walks into his office and tosses his newspaper on his cluttered desk. And yeah, it's the first time we're actually seeing inside his office other than when Daniel walked by the window in part one, we kind of saw it, saw it a little bit, but now we're seeing inside it. And then Kreese fires up the answer machine. Remember those? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you have the tape one or did you have the, like the electronic one? I think we used to have the electronic one. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause we never, we, I mean, we never got one until the 90s. <laughs> I think it I, took me a while to get one myself. Yeah, like, it's not, like, something that, like, most people had, I don't think. Right. Yeah. My parents had one, but, yeah, I don't think I really interacted with it at all. I think my parents, like, if there was any messages for me, they probably just deleted it. Ah, oh, kids. Aww. Um, <laughs> Robin doesn't have a life. I, you know, I, I, I had a terrible, terrible childhood, I guess. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to make a joke, but uh, yeah, much like Karate Kid part three, um, (laughs) on his machine is a message from our favorite mustachioed man, uh, Mr. Pat Johnson, which I was excited to hear. Uh, he says, uh, you know, he, he, he's basically apologizes. He says, Sorry, you lost all your students, which is kind of like, oh man, like it, it's not only he lost all his students, but like it's enough for like this board of all valley people to know, like, oh yeah, did you hear Crease lost all his students? <laughs> yeah, variety is <laughs> small. Do, do you think like they all like they all quit? Bless you. Do you think they all quit um, because of Johnny and support of Johnny? Ah, uh, you would think so, like. You wouldn't think they quit just because a dojo lost a tournament. Like most of the dojos lost the tournament. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> so it wouldn't be that. It'd have to be how he behaved. Right. Right. Um, it, I mean, I didn't obviously rewatch all sorts of Cobra Kai. And, you know, this is all canon that's made after this movie. So it really doesn't matter. But it, it, it's interesting to to think about. Um, I believe during the Cobra Kai reunion episode, it seemed like they all just like completely lost faith in him after what happened with Johnny. But, uh, yeah. Um, let's see, uh, some other notes about this that I wrote down. Uh, I love that Pat calls it the Cobra Kai. (laughs) I guess the Cobra Kai won't be entering the tournament this year. We have really have no choice, but to drop the Cobra Kai from our membership roles. (laughs) (laughs) just like uh don't call it a facebook call it the facebook Uh, (laughs) so what the reverse (laughs) so what if touch pat (laughs) yeah yeah i 
You go into the Walmarts. Yeah. It's so (laughs) weird that this movie has, like, people using the real names. Like, this series, Pat Johnson, Daryl Vidal. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Did they actually say Pat Johnson's name in part one? I don't think they did. I don't think they did, but... No. I bet in the credits it says... Pat Johnson as himself as himself yeah (laughs) um and uh also like you have to pay dues in order to compete in this tournament like I guess to be part of some sort of committee or not committee but I don't know organization and you have to be in the organization to get in the tournament I guess Hmm. which Uh, I don't know then how did Miyagi get in he wasn't paying dues (laughs) right he just showed up Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. narrative. I don't think falling it, apart already. And and it, exactly, even in this movie, like it's not like like Miyagi was paying dues. He, he would definitely not have paid dues in this movie, if if there were some uh, required. Um. But yeah, my my final note on this me- mess m- machine message is like I thought this was just a, like a surprisingly sensitive message. <laughs> from from a guy that's just like yeah we're dropping you like uh <laughs> maybe they're all maybe, drinking buddies maybe yeah yeah um so he also uh crease picks up an article he clipped out uh with daniel and miyagi and daniel's holding his trophy and uh and he slowly crumples it in his hand uh first question what made him cut this out of the paper <laughs> Uh, the like the article about him losing. Yeah, mystery uh, dojo with single student defangs cobras. Well, I'm gonna cut this one out. Keep this for the scrapbook. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> just so he could like, paint X's over people's eyes or something. I don't know, but he didn't end up doing it. Focused his rage on this one article. Like they're gonna pay. Yeah, he was trying to he was trying to put like a voodoo curse on the on them <laughs> through the through the newspaper article. <laughs> yeah, never got around to learning. The properties. Uh, the caption underneath the photo calls uh, Mr. Miyagi, Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> There's no first name. It's not even <laughs> Sensei Miyagi. Daniel LaRusso and Mr. Miyagi, <laughs> as you know them from the movies. <laughs> um, here's another th- weird thing. For some reason, Daniel and Miyagi are standing in front of a banner where you can read Coast Regional Karate Co- Tournament. While Pat Johnson is literally saying over the answer machine, all Valley Karate Tournament. (laughs) What is going on? Okay, how about this? The article, did you read the article? Mm -mm. (laughs) Oh, it's very, it's very good. Uh, Well written. It says, residents feel that they've been taken advantage of ever since the tax laws governing their additional land holdings were reviewed and increased. What? That's in the karate article? So, so nobody was supposed to pause and read this. So, yes, they're standing in front of a banner that has the wrong name. Uh, the article is not even about uh, the tournament. <laughs> they call him just Mr. Miyagi, like he's the character Mr. Miyagi. We call him Mr. Miyagi. This is a close-up shot of a prop that was prepared for this major motion picture, and I found three things wrong with it. So I just want to say, buckle up, everybody. It's going to be a bumpy season. <laughs> Well, uh, I don't know about you, but it looks like it's time for us to head back to the dojo and see if anybody's left us some messages. Um, (laughs) You want to come back on uh, Friday for another three Karate Kid three minutes? Okay. Okay.
and and I'm sure Mel will too. Um, yeah. I'm only coming back because Terry Silver's there. She's just <laughs> waiting for Terry Silver to appear. She's like 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 when you replayed uh, the the minutes, she decided to do other things during the flashback parts. Gotcha. Uh-huh. That's right. <laughs> um, all right, so. Folks, send us feedback, karatekidminute at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, join the Facebook group. Just search for Karate Kid Minute and uh, you'll find us. And please, if you got a moment, uh, leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd really like it. Uh, only if you're enjoying the show, of course. Um, and until next time. I love it when he pounds them. <laughs> <laughs>